What's up, guys? <laughs> and then you go into okay, okay. This is the fourth episode. Right. Oh yeah, here we go. Let's try that again. What's up, guys? We're here. <laughs> Why does he struggle so much? What's up, guys? Welcome to the fourth episode of Ball Status. What do you think? Did we nail that one? Is that good enough? Yeah, third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. (laughs) Well, we have a different, little bit of a different setup. We got a new uh, character in the uh, building today. This is... I was going to call you Dr. <laughs> Dr. Burgess, but this is Brian Burgess, who is Pastor Brian Burgess from Beulah Baptist Church. We might have to bleep that out after this because we don't want him to get in trouble at church coming on <laughs> this Sinners podcast. <laughs> so welcome. Thanks, you, brother. You are the first guest for Boss Status. Oh, wow. This it's, is a big, this is a big deal. Big deal. Fourth Fourth episode, episode first, first guest. guest, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. That's amazing. It's yeah, it's this well, is a big deal. Thank you so much. Super glad you guys are in our community. It's been good to make the connection with you guys. So of course, as always, we have Carl the Cuck Frady, general manager of the Nutrition Corners, and Patrick Meaty Thighs, Mabe, national sales something or other sales <laughs> guy. <laughs> sales, sales guy. He does stuff. I yeah, do yeah. Stuff. He's, 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 it. he's part out. of. The, he's me part. brigade. When's our shirts come? Uh soon. So this is the uh, last episode with this lame setup here. Um, <laughs> thanks, soon, for, soon thanks for inviting me. At the yeah, last. We, we could have brought you on to the first, <laughs> the first episode. So, um, yeah, so we're going to have the sweet sign here. Meet, you're going to do some, like, wood stuff or something. Yeah, so I'm going to get some LVPZOs. You know, what do you Lux- call those? Luxury vinyl plank. Yeah, Luxury vinyl planks, LVPs. Yeah, we're going to make it look like real wood, but it's going to be And we're going to get some update plank. the table here and or then, something. When does the, Aaron, when does it arrive, the signs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Friday, uh, yeah. So, we have two rooms, though. Like, this is going to go here, and then there's the other one over there. For the subdates. For subdates. Yeah. So, yeah. So, sorry we didn't get to it before we brought you on. But it's it's part for the course. Yeah. We're growing. Yeah, we're growing. So, um, this won't be the last time. The reason why um, we brought Brian onto this podcast is because um, really from day one of us moving in here, um, Brian has been instrumental in helping us integrate into this community, which if you've listened to episode number one, um, is one of our core values is building community. Um, and so Brian has been instrumental in that. I think one of the first days we were in here, he came in, um, we were sitting out yeah. here. We were sitting out here. You were looking to buy equipment for Kevin. Yep. Next thing you know, he prayed over all of us sinners. Yeah. It made us come right. And we're like, man, that was kind of cool. It felt good. That felt good. <laughs> like the demons were exercised <laughs> yeah. and everything. Uh, first, I was like, who is that guy? Crazy. And then he starts sending voice messages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did. Yeah. You crawled up into the DMs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, just like they do. Yeah. You know? And um, ever since then, he's been instrumental in um, helping get this gym open. Um, I mean, literally, whenever there's a problem here or we need some type of contractor, we're like, just ask Brian. It's just, <laughs> just ask Brian. Brian will know. And uh, so thank you very much for that. It's oh, been, yeah. You've helped uh, this transition um, go much more smoothly than it otherwise would. But 
um, also more importantly, um, it was important for us, at least us speaking to uh, my family, wife, and kids, is to find a good church community down here. And uh, we were kind of doing the church, the church shopping thing for a little while when we first got down here and didn't really feel uh, that vibe, that Holy Spirit that we wanted to feel um, until we went and um, heard Brian's speech uh, speak one day. And um, it, there was something different about Beulah. So... Mm-hmm. Ever since then, uh, we've been going. Uh, last Sunday, we brought pretty much our, I think, our whole team here. We had yeah, about that was a, do- a great surprise. A dozen of us there, and um, so I hope a bunch of them will continue to go as well. So, uh, just first off, thank you for all you've done for us. Um, not to get too weird on this podcast, but thank you, appreciate that. Oh yeah. Um, and so he trains over there. He trains hard. He doesn't train like a little wuss, which is good. That's good. Um, and. In our talkings, it's it came up that you were writing a book. Yes, and uh, man, I actually do have the T-shirt. I should have worn it today. Well, uh, I start. I meant to bring all of them, but today has been a bit crazy. So you guys will get all all the shirts of the book. So the name of the book is All But Eight. Yep, All But Eight. Right. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So All But Eight, and uh, the nice thing about this is um, we have not read the book. Um, we have just in our passings and our talkings, we've, we've kind of talked about the premise of the book, which sounded interesting. So today I would like to kind of go through this. Um, I'm sure Carl and Pat and myself are going to have questions. Um, but really I'd like you to kind of walk us through the premise of this book, why you're writing this book, uh, who it's directed to, what it's for, what it means, um, and yeah, let's dive in. Good and then, deal. where are you actually going to print this, or is this just like I, I want to do this? No, no, no. Thing? It's two chapters away from being printed, and then I want to get it in the hands of of. Uh, largely, I've written it for men. Of course, the you always want to have transferable concepts, so they're for women as well, or just individuals, people that need community around them. And the one thing I appreciate appreciate about you guys is that community. From the time that I walked in and stood out there and watched Doug take his wheelchair around the corner of the makeshift desk out there and he was like looking me up and down i was like <laughs> what is wrong with this guy like i mean it's like you know number I one wheeled natural. out from my corner oh yeah, yeah you were just like and you were laid back and you you know of course you had got you guys had had everybody come in i mean yeah. you know it's the talk of the town and and there uh, were some weirdos that came in i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah and and i was the number one weirdo that yeah. <laughs> came in and he was like oh maybe he's not so weird yeah. and there are moments where like yeah he probably is so yeah so anyway, um, we're pretty weird though. Let's just get that away. Yes. And hold on. I got to stop everything for just one yes, second. Let's pause for the sponsors. Yes. Thank so, you. Even though I'm not participating, um, everybody. So meat is on this cleanse thing. I'm we 10 talked days, about no caffeine, Brian. So really, really, thank you, America energy. Wow. So just make sure when you take a sip, it's very like, just show them how much you enjoy it. Just to make this. Oh, this is my favorite beach in a can, baby. Oh, Daytona Dude, beach. Bom, Daytona bom. beach. Oh yeah. Dude, boom, boom. There's Carl. Oh, <laughs> there's what? Carl. There's Carl's input for the day. Carl's gonna just. We need. Carl. We need what? your own. We need soundboards just for Carl. Yeah. I do can't wait a, to do, do that every pad time for Carl. It sounds so much better in the mic. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Wrong one. No, no, that was the wrong one. But that could work. All right. All right. Now we got that out of the way. Got some weirdness out of the way. Anything else you guys want to add before we let Brian no. take the stage here? 
I have been. Let me just, Carl's just here for the well, county I mean, fair. I, I, I don't know if Brian wants to go. Drove into, five hours for county fair. Come here, baby. Although he passed up uh, 12 stores that he could have picked his own. Yeah, that's very so, true. Yeah, that's very true. Carl, would you like one of these? Of course, Carl. He can't uh -huh. read. He can't read. There are a few <laughs> pictures on it, though, Carl. <laughs> Yay, pictures. <laughs> here's, here's my pen if you'd like to doodle while we talk. <laughs> that's amazing. I do want to say with the energy drinks, and I know this isn't a update, they are phenomenal. And the thing I love about them at 45 years old is I'm not afraid I'm going to have a heart attack while I'm drinking them. And I don't feel weird afterwards. Like, yeah. they are what they are. They are the perfect blend of taste, caffeine, and other goodies that I need to. Listen, we didn't even pay him to say that. That's no. pretty amazing. Damn. No, and what's been so crazy is I have bought a pile of these and have give them away. Because everybody's like, hey, man, I saw on your Instagram, you know, you got one of those. And I'm like, yeah, here you go. So that's all. Well, all we're, it we're working on uh, getting them all over this area. That's, that's It's on our yeah. list to do. We want to do local truck routes and all that stuff. But that's for another conversation. Yeah. All right, let's jump into this sucker. What, so so one it? of the things I love about you guys that I've learned is that your core values are community. It's about leadership and about pushing yourself. I mean, when I hear Carl talk to the people and the managers' meetings and we went to dinner out the other night, just some of the things that you share, it's all about being a leader, have, being a person of influence. And uh, this book's called All But Eight, and uh, the premise of it basically is that I've always been a big um, inter interested in planning and effective planning so that you can get rid of the unknown, right, or the not knowing. It, it, life is not so much about having all the right answers. It's about knowing what you don't know and then developing a plan on how to fix the not knowing. And wherever there's uh, wherever you can control unknown variables, anxiety, uh, rest, the other thing is, is um, I'm, I am a pastor. I've been in ministry for about 26 years, and um, I've done a lot of funerals, and I've seen a lot of dead people, things that seminary didn't prep me for. You see dead people? <laughs> yeah, I see dead people. <laughs> and um, uh, watching people in their final hours or their family in just the immediate moments that their loved one has died scramble to try to find people to stand in as a pallbearer. Now, not just somebody that can carry a casket, somebody that is actually closely connected to the person that would affectionately say, I'll carry them to their grave. I'll carry them to their earthly resting place. And then one of the things that has been very helpful for me with you guys in the community is two years uh, on the date that Crush It Coliseum opened. Which is wild. It was crazy. Wow. is the anniversary of my best friend's passing, uh, Dennis Dutch Holst. And Dennis and I met... Um, Man, 20-plus years ago in the Goals Gym in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, he was trying to be a bodybuilder. I was just trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, we totally different worldviews, totally different beliefs, but we had a common core, and we trained high volume, intensity, get after it. Um, uh, I chose the natural route. He chose a different route. But he was Dutch and I was preach, and we were the odd couple, but, man, we forged a friendship that was amazing. So in, in the grieving of my heart, God puts you guys in my community, and it's like taking me back to 1997, and I'm like, holy cow, like, and it's so, it's, so it's helped my heart. So <clears throat> thinking about good friends, the older we get, I always hear people say, you know, I have to work so hard and I have my kids, and 
I really don't have a close-knit friend group. Like, I can, you know, you've heard people say, man, if you can count on your, on one hand, you're good friends and you're a blessed individual, right? And to watch you guys connect with one another, I mean, really, um, I, I guess, who, who met who here first? Did you meet? Carl. Remember Carl came to me in the skivvies? He came to the skivvies. In his this undies? amazing smile on his face. I mean, face. I'd rather the people know that I came to him in my banana hammocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was, he was more, definitely in his banana hammock. It's an important detail. But the key know? is he had a shirt on, a cutoff right. shirt off, and no pants. And no pants. He was at a bodybuilding show. Yeah. <laughs> his shirt was long enough to cover the banana hammocks that also made it very It was. Weird. But what was really odd, and you can see this picture on Patrick and Carl's IG account, there, uh, or on uh, uh, Doug's uh, Instagram account is the smile that that the fanboy smile that Carl <laughs> has as he's walking up and to the stoic face that Doug has like what is who, who is this is this yeah. yeah that was pretty much I'm sure I said something to Steph like well that that was kind of weird because <laughs> but Carl I remember Steph's face too like I can't believe this is happening yeah, she thought it was hilarious but I, I can like sympathize to think I was the first one that ever <laughs> yeah. approached Doug but I can sympathize with that face because the day he wheels out around the corner and is looking me up and down wondering why I'm in their warehouse talking to them. Is uh, that same kind of look, yeah. but uh, but seeing the connection that you guys have, uh, and hearing people say, you know, I don't have friends around me, I don't have a close knit community, um, I started thinking about death, and I started thinking about friends and planning, and how do you prep? Because and I know not everybody's a believer. I am, and the scripture tells us in uh, Hebrews nine twenty seven twenty eight, it says, and just as it is appointed unto man once to die than a judgment. So the point is, is we're not all, we're, none of us are getting out of here alive. Like as long as we live on this earth, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, uh, an undertaker. And, um, and, and uh, I hate to make one of those jokes where, you know, you see a graveyard, people are just dying to get in there, but that's, that's, <laughs> so, morbid. that's so morbid, but it, it's the truth of it. And, um, and, and it's not so much get busy dying. It's get busy living like have influence. You know, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, he died in 1919. And uh, <clears throat> the night that he died, that next morning, uh, Marshall, who was the vice president, said, said that if the angel of death had to sneak up on him at night, for if he were awake, there would have been a fight. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that's got what I call gospel gonads to it. Like that's, that's a thick statement. And that's the kind of life I want to live. So the idea is that if I know I'm not going to, make it out of here, then there must come a time in my life where I become intentional about a core of people that you will, in, that I will, or you will invest in, uh, who God willing will be with you until the day you die. And so the reason why the book's called All But Eight is because it takes eight people to bury you. And, and, and what I mean by that is this, um, uh, it's, and it doesn't have to be an exclusion to eight, but there are eight essential people that you need in your life to bury you. Um, and, and the so that's uh, literally and, you know, as a, an illusion, right? Like a, a figuratively, right? Yeah. Is what you mean? Yeah, yeah so it's going to take a guy like me to stand over you and say words about you, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to take your spouse, if you're married, or, or your family or your children, Whoever it is that's closest enough to you that is blood related to you is going to stand over you. And then it's going to take, and, and largely I talk about this with men, but it's not for the exclusion of women. It's going to take six guys to carry you to where you'll lay 
on this earth until the earth is no more. And that's eight. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And so the thing I found watching, I mean, watching people die as long as I have, but being a pastor for now 20 plus years is that you can tell a lot about a man by who's surrounding his deathbed when he dies. And I have been in moments where I've seen kids say, I'm glad the SOB's gone because he never was nothing but a big disappointment all my life. And I've watched wives and children stand by their dad's bedside and grieve him. Not because there were so many um, unanswered things, but because he was he loved them so presently that they grieved the fact that, man, they've been so blessed. So is your goal of this book to get people to... <clears throat> I mean, it almost sounds like slow down from being, I mean, maybe I'm just, no, I haven't ahead. read the book. Uh, slow down from being so busy and put time into the people and not necessarily the things or the yep. whatever, the, the people that are really most important. Yep. And, and being intentional about that. Right. So that's the, that's the point, all but eight. At some point, I mean, you got all the th- followers you have on Instagram. Meat's got all kinds of people that follow him. Uh, POV's got all kinds of people. Carl's Carl. just got weirdos. Yeah, <laughs> I got twenty. I know got I got twenty, 20 man, and 20. we love those twenty. Yeah, There's some them. dude out there going, "Man, am I one of your twenty? <laughs> right? But at some point, you have to push all of them to the side. It's not saying that you're better than them, but at some point, you got to push all of them to the side and intentionally invest in eight people. So it is. It is the intentional investment of. I want a group of eight around me to do a very specific thing in my life, and I'm committing myself to be very specific and intentional in their life. And so, is this why you say you, you're all about taking pictures? Yes. Yeah. So the one thing Dutch taught me that we didn't, he and I didn't do back in the day because it's in the early '90s. Nobody's got a smartphone. You yeah. either got like a disposable camera, oh, yeah. you know, or some like 35 pound, you know, monster Pentax or Nikon. But Bulbasaur, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever you have over there. Uh, but the one thing Dutch taught me as as he and his sister and I were going through and um, getting ready for the funeral is Dutch took pictures of everybody when he was with them. So there was just a pile of pictures of memories that tangible memories to go back on in his absence. And I'm looking at. I'm looking at his, you know, as I'm downloading all these pictures, trying to put them together for his funeral, and then I'm looking at my pictures, and I'm like, oh, I got a picture of a motorcycle, I got, got a picture of a truck, I got S- selfie. No, no, no. Left it showing your abs, lifting your shirt. Yeah, thanks, Doug. I really appreciate that one. One of these days soon. Yeah, back in 1999. Um, and and uh, I begin to realize you, we need landmarks. You need markers for those moments. Uh, because, look, I'm 45 years old, and, man, I can't remember a lot of stuff. I, there's things I can remember, which are super important, but, man, I don't remember, you know, that time we were hanging out at that restaurant or not. But if I go back to that picture, and what I found with helping people with grief and dying is that that picture tells the story. And the picture tells the story in a way that my mind doesn't have to hold on to it. It's not that I'm actively forgetting it, but the picture, you know, it's just like, uh, what's that Jamie Johnson song, You Should Have Seen It in, Live- in Color. You know, it's, it's, is that some country state? Oh, it's a great song. It's a great song. Thanks, I'm, not, I'm not, I appreciate not it. quite there yet. Yeah. You're course. still saying Iredale County. Iredale County. Yeah. Just say, yeah. We're getting there. Um, States. States. So yeah, that's some it. of the reasons why we take that so that you have those, you have those visible memories uh, that help you with that. 
So you're 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 probably going to get into this, but I mean, I would think it's it's clear kind of what the pastor or the mentor, like what their what that relationship is like, and it's kind of clear what your spouse or that other person is. But these six, are there? Is, is, are you breaking this book out into like there's six different types of people you should move into or all those six the same? Well, let me, let's talk about the pastor yeah. and let's talk about our spouse just so we don't, uh, our coach or mentor, yeah. and then we'll jump yeah, on okay. with our friends. So <clears throat> in 20 plus years of ministry, 26, I was trying to do the math, like 26, 27 years of doing ministry. There have been a few times I've been called to do the funeral for somebody. I have absolutely no idea who they are. I don't, it's the first time I've heard their name. And I know nothing about their story, about their life journey. You know, when you look at a grave, and I know you guys have heard this illustration, you got a, 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 a born date and a death date. But the, the thing that really matters the most, there are two things. Number one is their name and that two-inch dash. And what did they do? That two-inch dash re- represents their life. So what did you do? What kind of investment did you make? So the idea is that, and I know not everybody's a believer, uh, or believes like I do. So you may not have a pastor, but if you have a coach, a mentor, or confidant who legally can stand over you and say words for you, then the day that you die, they ought to know your name and your spiritual journey and your life journey way before the day you die. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to when you know somebody's name, it's not like, hey, you. You know, I met you as Patrick. And now I know you as meat, right? Right. Right, which, which is another level of depth. Well, let's say, for instance, God forbid that the first time I ever met Patrick was when Samantha, his wife's calling me going, hey, we moved into town. Uh, we heard you were a good guy. Would you do our <laughs> funeral? And, like, now I've got this guy that's got a growing mullet that the first time I see him is his cold body in a morgue, and I'm trying to pull out stories out of his wife and out of you guys that I don't know them for real. But in the two months that I've been hanging out with you guys, I already have a pile of stories that if I had to say something in regard to you, I don't want you going anywhere. (laughs) It's getting weird. Uh, Does that make sense? So you don't want that to be the first time. You also want somebody in your life that has authority in your life to speak truth to you. You know, Carl, when he got in this morning, we were laughing uh, because you asked him a question, and um, he responded to the Forrest Gump, Whatever you tell me to, drill sergeant. You know, whatever you tell me to, drill sergeant, right? <laughs> you got to have somebody, that, even no matter how old we get, that's got authority in your life to speak. And specifically, spiritually, to keep you from a few things. Um, to, to, to speak truth into your life, right? I mean, the whole bodybuilding community is really about truth. You can look in the mirror and make yourself believe you look good, but it takes one guy to walk up and go, the reason why you're not placing well is you're still fat, True. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And and it had not, nothing to do with water. It had nothing to do with you cutting I, water. I, I spilled over, bro. Yeah, bro. I you still over. got body fat. No, on it. you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> or either between prejudging and the night show, you ate way too many Oreos, hoss. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But you're not going to hear that from everybody. But if you've got one person in your life that you really do trust, they have an open door to speak truth to you that may may set you off to begin with. But it's about the relationship. And so that relationship draws you back to go, you know what, maybe Doug has a point. Maybe Carl has a point. You know, maybe maybe Meat has a point here. Maybe I need to, because the scriptures say the heart is deceptively wicked above all else. So, you know, you and I laugh. We talk about purchases. 
and and will say, you know, stop trying to talk yourself out of it. You already know that's the way to go. Just do it. And you'll fire back and go, but I'm processing it, right? So you can talk yourself into stuff. That's how people talk themselves into all kinds of crazy, stupid mess. Flamethrower. <laughs> exactly. That was... You didn't we didn't process talk. that one. We didn't process that one too. Pa- Patriot colored uh, overalls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no shirt yeah. oh. or underwear. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait till you see the sniper outfit. Oh, that's coming. Nice. Apparently, so, it's coming from China too. I just learned. That's yeah, why so, it's comes. So you want somebody in your life to speak. You also want somebody to equip you for either the work of ministry or to be better. And you want somebody in your life to push you to serve. You know, the older I get, the more I realize is that I have a very selfish tendency. Make my money build my life to do what I want to do so that when I decide to quit, I can ride off in the sunset doing what I want to do. But that you could waste your life like that. Well, so I got, I have a question. So in this, I mean, it sounds like you play the role of this person. You must in a lot of people's life. Doesn't that get kind of old? And then where do you find your six? If you're always acting as that, the one, Right. You know, or, you know, I guess you'd be the two to your wife. Um, How do you separate being the one from those other six, the pallbearers? Um, One for you personally. I'm talking about you, about you personally, right? Like, do you have those six? Like, or do they all see you as like, because I'm still figuring out our relationship, right? Like, so, so, like, you know, we're still we're friends, but you're also, you know, it's. I mean, it's kind of like with these guys. Yeah. I mean, technically, I'm their boss, but they literally are like my best friends. Right. So it's a weird thing, and for you, we've had I can, conversations about it. It's like, yeah, like I got you in like three or four different parts of my life, and we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And, and so, so for you, like, I consider you a good friend, but you're also my pastor, which makes it a little weird. Not gonna lie to you. Right. Um, <laughs> well, I would think that it doing if you take the focus off of the, the 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 third one here, the fourth one, and you're focusing on the six, like you said, no one knows what you're talking about there, bro. So so instead of focus, <laughs> instead of like uh, focusing right now, like hey, I don't have a pastor, right? So uh, obviously I'm married, but say so if you are somebody who's who is young as you are investing into those six people to be there actively for those individuals, well, it's, I, would, I would think that they are then reciprocating that, and after a period of time, the who is answered in that process. Yeah, I think, you know, you have, so let me, let me answer this. Even though I'm a pastor, I'm still a normal guy. Like, I get up every morning. Well, that's why you're on this podcast, because yeah. otherwise I'd feel really weird about clicking that button. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have four children. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know how that works? Oh, yeah. That, that's a protein bar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. So, so I'd never, the same guy you get here is the same guy I try to be in the pulpit. And I think you guys have experienced that. I, I yeah. You know, I'm use goofball illustrations, you know, but some guys are not able to do that. They're something about seminary just trips them up. And, um, I, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think that's what Jesus did. I think the same guy you got teaching in the, in the temple in the beginning of Mark's gospel is the same guy you got, you know, in the fishing boat with you. So, um, so there are times I have to put my pastor hat on my friends and go, Hey, let me, let's talk about this for a second. But most of the time, it's just, I had a guy say this. He said, Brian, wherever you are, there is ministry. And I thought, well, that's perfect because and it's not just ministry. It's just 
my walk with Christ. I love Christ. He loved me. I didn't always love him. I thought Christianity was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard in my entire life. But I love people, and God's given me a love for people. Does that, does that make yeah. sense? Now, not everybody's in my circle because, let's say, for instance, that was the beauty about Dutch. Let's say, for instance, I had a bad day. Let's say, for instance, I wanted to quit. Let's say, for instance, Angie and I weren't getting along very good, and I would call Dutch, and I'd be like, he would say, what's up, homie? And I'd say, yo, what's up? And I'd just, boom, go into it. Man, I'm sick of this. It just, oh, it's just not working. I'm not getting this. And he listened to me, and there was never a point that he was like, oh, I don't think Brian's a godly guy. Oh, man, I think he may be really struggling. Is he smoking crack? You know, is he going to leave his wife? He just listened to me, and then he'd say, oh, did you get that out of your system? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. He goes, okay. Well, good. Get on with it. Stop complaining about it. And it was in that to where I knew I had a real friend. So you, you learn that, you know, you learn and, and it's not come without a little heartache, yeah. you know, when you think you trust somebody and then, and then, uh, I mean, it's not that I got any like skeletons in my closet or craziness. I'll talk about anything. Does well, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the interesting thing is, um, and we had a good relationship with our pastors at, you know, the up in Northern Virginia, but I would think it's hard not to get off topic of the book here, but I find it interesting to actually, it's got to be really hard being a pastor because the expectation is always, I would think that would weigh heavily on, on, on a pastor. It's the same thing as a CEO, right? The only difference is, for instance, like I can, I can do all I want to do at Beulah and try to make it as awesome as it can. And God's really blessed it. But at day's end, they could vote me out if they wanted to. So it's like I have to run it like it's mine, but at day's end, I have all these people I have to answer to. Okay? So that's kind of lonely. Yeah, you know? Lonely at the top. Lonely at the top. CEO, well, it is your business, but it's not your business. Because if you're not selling to customers, you got no business. Right. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot of transferable concepts in the leadership and the pressure of it. And that's where, that's where I find, you know, you um, – if you got five cards, you play with three on top, and you always keep two to yourself until God puts a six in your life, hopefully a six, to where they can see they have access to your five. But it's with the thought that if you ever if you ever talk about my number four or number five card, you could get your hind end whipped or never have a place in my life again. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, thus dark skeletons in the closet. Well, is that yeah. four or five? No, I don't know. What that <laughs> could be. I mean, yeah, you know, what I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just normal living for me. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a difference. Well, I that. think, um, you, I think you, the way you, the, everything you just talked about, how you present yourself as a pastor and I'm just a normal, I'm just a normal dude. Yeah. Right. Like you've kind of broken the stigma, I think a little bit for, for maybe at least me, uh, and the way I see a, a leader of a church, right? Uh, that, like, uh, where, like, we've, and maybe it was because we've maybe started off, currently I'm not uh, 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 donating to Beulah. I don't, I've attended once. I'm planning on going uh, this weekend. We're still kind of searching around, but we've been going to a different church. But uh, we've become friends first. Yeah. Right? And I think that has broken the stigma of, like, yeah, you're just a, norm, a normal guy. Right, that I feel yeah. like I can trust, who happens to be a pastor. Yeah, you know, so here's here's something I tell people. Uh, when I first got to Beulah, they were like, what do you want us to call me or call you? And I was like, please don't call me preacher. Like, I don't I don't call you uh, 
uh, nutritional man. You know, I, I, I don't call you salesman. You know, I don't call you cuck. <laughs> well, maybe we do for reasons uh, unknown, right? Um, just embrace it, right? Yeah. So uh, I just say, look, my mom named me Brian, but if you find what God's doing in my life to meet a need of yours, calling me pastor is like the highest. Like would be the highest compliment. Now, if we're hanging out Friday night and we're at dinner and you call me Pastor Brian, I'm kind of like, is that necessary? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I appreciate the respect, yeah. but look, I'm chowing down on a fillet just like you are, bro. Yeah. Uh, I'm liable to tell a funny story about, you know, my kids beating the snot out of one another and then saying that saying they got punched in the nuts. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> happened last night, you know, and, and my 16 year old gets hit in the gonads by this other wrestler. And I'm like, get your points and tech him. And he looks at me in the middle of the match. He goes, he hit me in the nuts. So I'm going to pin him. him. <laughs> that was so good. I so, missed it the first time I saw it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, you know, just, just finding those guys. L- l- let me, let me fast forward and let's yeah. get to the six and that yeah, way yeah. we can be the, the, well, meeting. let's go. We got, we got n- number one. Let's do number two. So number two is your spouse or your family. And, um, here, here's one of the saddest days ever, man. So, so w- let me relate it to this. So I love, I love Teddy Roosevelt. I love stories about war and presidents. February the 14th of 1884, Teddy Roosevelt's wife died. Okay. And his mother had died just like er, a, a few hours earlier than that. And in his journal, he wrote a huge X on that day. You can see a picture of it on Google. And he wrote, the light of my life is gone. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, here's the dude that got shot in the middle of a, uh, in the middle of a, of a uh, campaign speech. His notes <laughs> and his jacket were so thick in his, in his lapel that it slowed the bullet down to where it didn't penetrate that much, right? And he's bleeding out, and his constituents are like, we got to go, we got to go, he's not, nah, we got to finish this speech. And I'm like, that's a dude I want to be like, you know. But to love his wife like that is pretty powerful. So here's the day you die, and let's say you die before your spouse, all right? I die before Angie. I want to make sure that she never has to worry, did he love me? And I never want my kids to have to worry about, did he love me? So doing funerals now, there's a generation that was born uh, they would have been too young to to serve in, in World War II, and it's called the silent generation. So what I saw over about a decade of doing funerals for people in the silent generation, none of those men ever told their wives or their children they loved them. So I'm sitting down getting these notes, and they all, I mean, dude, it's like one, it's like the same funeral. Daddy never told us he loved us. But we knew it because he provided for us. And I'm thinking, man, how hard is it? How much of us, how much of a tough guy do you have to be not to look at your kids or your wife and say, I love you? Like to communicate that. And dude, I'm talking like 30 to 40 funerals to where this, I'm, I'm saying I'm the same thing. The kids would say, you know, daddy wasn't this mushy kind of guy. And not all guys are. But the fact that your kids at your death would wonder or be able to say, I never heard my dad tell me he loved me. How jacked is that? That is weird. That's really weird. So the thought is, is is Angie, my wife, if I go before her, she's going to be one of the first to hear I'm dead, and she's going to be the last to visit my, uh, the last to stay at my grave. And then she's going to be the one to go back. 
And when she, I, I don't want her to have to go back to a great site. I want her to know within her heart that my boy Brian loved me. I want my children to be able to know that. I want them, to, I want to, and, and this is the focus of the book at this point, I want to encourage men to be so present with their kids, to be so present with their, their, their wife, be so present with their girlfriend, what, whatever it is, that their presence and their support of them lets them know they were enough. Like, it wasn't, oh, daddy saw us when he didn't have to work. And look, all of us got to work. I work 60-plus hours a week. You guys do, too. We're, that's one of the things I love about y'all. We're hard chargers. Like, I don't have to, nobody has to push me to go to work. Nobody has to push you guys. The whole core crew's here at, like, 530 in the morning, 6 o'clock, getting their workout in, crushing it. You know, I love that. You know, I don't understand these guys that want to live in their parents' basements till they're 25 playing video games and don't know how to balance a checkbook. Like, I'm like, what is wrong with you? I looked at Carl because he complains about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking. Yeah, right, Carl. I mean, it's just something in me as a man, but I never want my kids to have to worry about oh, you know, softball or or uh, daddy hunting or riding his motorcycle. I used to, you know ride my motorcycle all over the United States and all that. I never have to wonder want them to wonder was well, something better than us that we weren't enough. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that means intentionally daily, I got to deposit into their love tank. I got to deposit in their what I call their enough tank. Well, so to <clears throat> tie this back to episode one of this core value, that's our core value number one, right? It is the crush it lifestyle. Now that is not just in the gym. It's not just at work. It's not just at whatever. It is in everything you do. So, and this is the hard part, right? Especially as an entrepreneur and doing things, it's like is being a hundred percent focused and present in whatever it is you're doing at the time. So like a lot of people ask me about balance. Like, how do you balance things? Well, there really is no balance. There is no balance, right? Like, especially if you want to be great at something or achieve certain things, like there really is no balance. Balance is a longer term, longer term concept in my mind, but the balance is being fully present in each of those moments that you have. When you're with your kids, you have to be present. You know, you might have to work 60 hours a week, but when you're with your kids, you know, make sure they know that they are, are enough. Yeah. So this goes in, this it, is our core value. It's like our phone. Yeah. You know, like putting this thing up so that my kids are not like, oh, my dad's always on his phone. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're a CPA, you're always on your computer. You're like, what kid? You know, and you're just back at it. And so the idea is, is to give them substance to anchor their heart in your absence. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then it becomes for them, the transferable concept that said, I, my dad gave me this or this coach gave me this, you know, because not everybody has a dad or this teacher or this guy I met in the gym or this bodybuilding coach I had was present in my life. And maybe that's the most sustainable relationship there is. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we have the coach slash pastor. You have the wife slash family. family. And then, all right. So let's get so into gonna, the six. So it's going to take a, a group of six. You know, a, a coffin is set up to at least six guys to carry you. So that makes our eight. And they're normally. Co- termed as pallbearers and a pall was that cloth they would stretch over you know way before the days of just even the coffin pretty much if you died way back in the day they'd bring you in on the kitchen table stretch you out and then the people in the community would come and bathe down your body you know and present you and there would be a a, a thick wool cloth put over you and uh and and you were the pall bearer the, the pall is the cloth you would mm-hmm. bear that and then you'd carry them to their to their grave. And so these are men that you want to invest in that at the sound of your death, 
right? They hear that, oh, my gosh, he, he died. They, because of the loyalty that, that, that the investment you made, with a loyal eagerness, they would pick up the phone and call, call Steph and say, I'll carry him. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That mm-hmm. that minute man response. It's so so fast. And so, you know, the scriptures teach us, and I know you guys know this. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens other. And so, I encourage that these men sharpen one another in a in a, in a few ways. These are these are the kind of guys that you're going to invest in, right? Uh, I want to invest in 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 Patrick number one in the Word, so that it, it's focus and it and offers and receives instruction. Like, think about it this way. How close are you with guys in your life that are just, sorry, me, but meatheads to where they only have one way of thinking about something? Like, you can't even have a conversation with them. Like, and we may be, maybe diabolically opposed to one another, but there's still a level of intellect. There's still a level of willingness to hear your side, hear what you got to say, and then interact with it. And it could get passionate, but there's still this respect. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? If if you can't have a relationship with a guy like that, it's going to be hard to have a relationship with a dude who's like, "Oh man, I ain't hearing you." You know, I mean, that's that's a guy who's just like, "Dude, you're an idiot." Like, I I can't hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Now I can be friends to you. We can be acquaintances, and I'll try to help you any way I can. But when it comes to my six, it's going to be ha- hard to find a place in that. Is that any any? I mean, Carl, as you lead guys, as you try to invest in them in the nutritional corner, I mean. When you got that boneheaded dude, how difficult it is for you to keep him on your team? Oh, it's it ruins the culture, you know. Uh, but it is it's that level of trust that there's that no matter what, there's that loyalty, right? So you can you have some differences, and definitely every single person that's ever worked, you know, for me with me will attest that there's going to be some differences. I'm very strong headed, and, and, and so, but at the end. Like there was always, at least on that management team, like there was still that goal that drove us. And once, once that became a difference, then yeah, that we broke ways. But there was not my way or the highway aspect of of creating those friendships. And friendships have created. I mean, you know, I've got three amazing friendships, uh, two amazing friendships right here, and I've got uh, a couple others that we've we've grown throughout the years. And and uh, but yeah, it's not going to be. You are not going to be for everybody, yeah. and you have to be okay with that. And, and so I talk about the word. So, you know, I know Patrick's got a substructure of the scripture, you know, and it's not that I don't have other guys that maybe they're not believers, but I can still send them scripture. But maybe let's say I got a friend in my life like Dutch who wasn't a believer for a long time, and I could say, have you thought about this or push them in some way to where they grow? Secondly, you want to invest in these guys in integrity. In other words, uh, to see their prime duty to either eradicate sin, choosing your way over God's, or eradicate unproductive habits, either spiritually, physically, intellectually, financially. You know, if I got a buddy in my life and he's always calling me saying, hey, man, can I get 100? Can I get 100? At some point, I'm like, dude, you got to stop drinking the cheapest seal and we got to get to the issue. Why can't you handle your money? Mm -hmm. Does does that make sense? So core principle, crush it in all things is developing guys around you who motivate you, who make you want to be better. You know, I was heard Skirky in the gym uh, just yesterday, last night. He was like, man, training in here when Doug's in here and Patrick and Dave are in here, man, it just has put a fire in me again, you know, because it is high volume. You know, make no excuses. You get in after it, and, and, and it, you know, it's pretty amazing. 
What are you going to say? Um, so th- this is, uh, to me, this is like, I mean, and it's kind of clear because they're the one of the six that's going to be carrying you. Th- this means it's like you can't have a superficial relationship. So this means trying to foster the relationships where you can be real. You have to be real in these relationships yeah. all the time. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and, and pushing one another in integrity to, uh, let me use an example. So there was a time when I was like 26, it was before I got married, I had just moved here, and I knew naturally I felt like I was going as far as I was going. And then I was going to these bodybuilding shows, and I was you know around all these pro bodybuilders that were not natural. They, they were on the Juice Express. I mean, yeah. it what didn't mean they didn't have perfect diets. It didn't mean they have great right. work ethics. So there was this moment where I really had a crisis to where I called Dutch, and I was like, look, I am super discouraged. There's I just, you know, thinking yeah. in my mind how we can talk ourselves into stuff, I said, man, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start doing it, you know, doing juice and I'm going to get on steroids and whatever I got to do. And I just need somebody to walk me through it. And I'll never forget Dennis looking at me and going, I'll never support you in that. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I thought he might've been the first to say, yeah, come on, let me teach you what I've learned. And he was like, that's not you preach. And I'll never support it. And, and that was just another moment to where I knew I had a friend that would never push me to break my own constitution. But he would hold me to it, and he would do so in integrity and for the long haul, even though he had chosen a different path. Right. No, that's good. Um, and, and then and thirdly, I think, again, we've already said it, is in serving. You know, the Scripture says in Hebrews 10, 24, consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So the idea is, you know, you watch this this uh, little cowboy get on the back of this 2,000-pound bull, and uh, although his cojones are cinched up, he has these spurs that he's rubbing. He's really ribbing this huge animal to buck so that he can score. So the idea is in this group is none of us can be lazy and none of us can live in selfishness. And to be able to check that, you know, if you uh, – like in our conversation, if you always hear me griping about things not going my way, at some point, if you're in my six, I need you to say, Brian, get over yourself. Like, Or look at me, and we use this phrase a lot with some of the guys that are in my six to say, you know, we start talking down to somebody. We'll stop and go, you know, it must be tough not being as cool as we are. And what that is is the break to go, well, you better humble yourself. You know, what's old mm-hmm. 90s? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right, 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 right. Right? So the idea is is that serving kills pride, and it instills the power of meekness. And in and, and our culture, specifically among guys, meekness is considered weakness. But meekness is strength under control. Right? It's, uh, it, it's, it's when you have power, and I'm sitting in a room full of, like, super strong dudes. I mean, if you've never worked out with Doug, like, my man is strong. <laughs> you're super strong. I was like, I think I'll work out with Doug. And I didn't I pay him to it. say that either. No, he didn't. I was like, no, I ain't working out with him. <laughs> Stuff will start breaking on me, right? Um, so it's uh, Pat blames me for everyone. Every injury that he's ever had is my fault. Yep. It's true. I can believe it's it. It's mine too. Yep. It's a true I story. It. I can believe it. So, <laughs> so, so the idea is that meekness isn't weakness. It's having guys in your life that are like, Learn to serve so that you have strength under control. You know, you're, you're, not, you're not blowing up on people. 
you're not uh, over the top all the time where you you know when to flip the script you know you know when to flip it and turn it off and uh and being able to have that and so um um you know it's it's having that healthy attitude and humility it says i can brag but i don't need to because i choose to be not just to talk it right does, no, that, does makes that make sense, sense? Yeah. so let's talk about uh so that so well, the, yeah, these these are the six so you need to find uh, the premise of the book is like you want to have six people like this in your life. Yeah, at the sound of your death, they have a loyal eagerness to be able to call your spouse, call your family, or be the first to step up on your doorstep. And and that interaction, too, like these are not people that you hide from your family or from your kids or from your mom or your dad. If you're single, like to say you're a 20-year-old guy, you know, to where they have to show up and introduce themselves. Like, oh, I meet friend. I lived in states where you never met me before. Like, I... When I get to their doorstep, I want their mom to be able to go, thank you so much for being here. So th- to me, this seems like a lot of work. So, <laughs> like, Because well, so. there's six people. Like I can't – I mean, six people to have this type of relationship <clears throat> means, well, I think, you're, I means think, you're working. I do think that's the point of it. No, I know. That's right. What like in, in this one, this, this serving – I think is the biggest thing that hits me. Cause like what's going through all of our brains right now is we've listened to you. It's well, how do I, how do I find those people or how do I do this? How, how do I do this? So instead of going out and looking right, this one hits the, I'm sorry. I think I spit hits the most for me is that to gain these people, I need to serve them. I need to serve people with humility so that then return I get served. Right. And, oh, yeah. and then by them returning, serving me, that means, hey, I have a I have a six right there. Oh, most definitely. Right. So I mean, investing in people, not just yeah. like oh, I'm going to pick out this person. He looks like we're, we're like minded and I'm going to hold hands with him and we're going to try to be friends. Much like I'm just going to I love people. I'm going to serve and, and do the best that I can as a human being towards this person. And then if they reciprocate, and we then we we can become yeah. six well, together. It sounds like a lot of these six are sometimes often unknown. Like they're not intentional, right? It just happens because yeah. of if you're doing these things, right? right. Think about it as a uh, you know you hear military guys uh, talk about uh, foxhole buddies. So there's this old story that we used to use an illustration, and and um, uh, there were two guys that were in this foxhole, and a grenade gets thrown in, and he. He jumps. So the one guy says, looks at his buddy and says, "Hey man, I got you." And he jumps on the grenade. I mean, tons of stories like this right. through Vietnam, World War One. Boom! So this guy goes home. He goes to see his mom, and uh, and in the as he's talking to the mom, he's like, "Did he ever? Did you know? Did Kevin ever tell you that I was this? And did Kevin ever tell you that I was that?" And so it's like this searching. And finally, the the mom looks at him and goes, "Would you please stop?" And uh, and he's like, why? She said, you're looking for validation of your friendship. Are you that blind? And he goes, I don't know what you mean. And she looks back across at the guy and says, he died for you. Right. What more validation do you need? Which is what Christ did for us on the cross. But it's that foxhole buddy deal. If I'm sweating alongside of you, if I'm taking the risk alongside of you, I mean, that's what I think about you guys. You guys getting ready to come into Black Friday, right? And most people are looking for vacation that day. <laughs> but that, because it's a holiday, it's a very uh, personal time. This is what we do. These are our traditions. But because of your business, it's like, Katie, bar the door, baby. We're all in this together. And we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we have a semblance of holiday while we get our work done? 
that already shows me my six. The people who are willing to sacrifice together, they got they don't just talk it. They got blood, sweat, and tears in it. And somehow or another, here's a good way to find your six. Run as hard as you can, and when you run as hard as you can, look to your right or your left, and whoever's keeping up with you, that's probably who your six is. And if you're a believer, you could say it like this. Run as hard as you can for the Lord, and when you run as hard as you can, look to your right or your left, and that's probably who God's putting in your life. And for some of these guys, they're going to be stages of life. You know, your boys are playing soccer, right? You guys have just moved in, and you're starting to go through tactical training, right? Tactical pack. Yeah. Right. Tactical, uh, pass. tactical pass. Tactical pass. Tactical bodybuilder it's coming in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Right? T- tactical um, pat. You sound so special. If you like, sound good. Yeah, I don't like, like that. Oh, you don't? My tactical dude, mullet. I like sounds tactical mullet. Tactical yeah. pat. Yeah. Tack pat. He's the tack uh, pat. He's, he's a special one, that's for sure. I mean, Carl, you, you're getting ready to infiltrate a whole new part of Virginia Beach and you know become the mayor there and all, all that stuff, right? So these are all stages of life. So you're meeting people because your kids are playing soccer that one of these guys may become a part of your six. Somebody that doesn't like bodybuilding – doesn't this, doesn't that, but because of the principles of their life, you start looking at that guy and they're they're like, you know what, this dude's legit. Like, we we are not the same in everything, but I can see these principles. Guys that you may meet at the range, you know, or or whatever it may be, yeah. you know, that you start realizing, hey, you know, there's a reason for this, you know, um, and, and and sometimes your sick shift because of death. I got a huge hole in my six because one of my key guys has died before me. I, you know, I used to laugh at old people. Uh, you know, they get the paper or senior adults, and the first thing you'd hear them say is, uh, uh, you know. You was walk- that politically correct, Brian, there? No, it wasn't. You went from old old people to senior adults. Senior adults. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know the <laughs> world in which we live. <laughs> so you walk into their house or you walk into their hospital room, and the newspaper is open to the obituaries. And the older I get, the more I realize what they're doing is they're seeing if one or more of their friends died or somebody yeah. they went to school with. And so they'll talk about it. Yeah, I went to school with him. We were in the same company in the Army together, blah, 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 blah. So I know the natural attrition of death may claim one of my six. So it's not a rigid plan. It could be uh, what I call zip code brothers. You know, maybe guys I don't see or talk to all the time, but something when I was in their zip code or they were in my zip code, my sphere, of influence that we cemented ourselves and I don't have to talk to them every week, but I know that if they heard that I died, if they had to borrow money, they'd be at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, you know, change is inevitable. That's what we, one of the things. And so, but that core principle, you know, that core principle is in the selection of the people. And so I don't have to waste emotional energy when I'm shocked if, uh, if you're let down by one of your eight, because I know change is inevitable, right? Well, that's got to be heartbreaking, especially after you put in so much effort and then somebody does that. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, I mean, shouldn't it? Shouldn't those six be the ones that don't do that? Hopefully they don't. But, I mean, how many times have you had a buddy and goes through a midlife crisis and next thing you know he's found out he's cheated on his wife and you're like, what are you doing? 
and or I don't know, maybe he got so stressed out, man, he started gambling on the side. I mean, I get to hear all kinds of stories. One of these days when I retire, I will write a book, you know, uh, or another book called Somebody Should Have Knocked You Out. <laughs> so it'll be all the stuff. And and so, but can you heal relationships? And And that's the tough part because all of us have the inclination, like if I let you down or you let me down, right? In some way, you broke our core value among mm-hmm. us. Are we close enough to build that relationship back, or will I take the natural attrition that life teaches us and go, "That's it. I'm not trusting another soul. I'm not letting anybody else in. It's going to be me and my." And before you know it, when it's your time to die, it'll be a very empty hospital room. It'll be a very quiet senior adult community. Mm-hmm. Imagine Doug in a senior adult community. Bro, you know? I did have a moment. I told you I had a moment the other night where Steph and I were sitting on the couch. It was like kids were in the bed. Like, man, we're 42. Like, we're pretty much dead. <laughs> like, it was kind of like one of those moments where it's like, man, like, we live like, over, like, statistically, we're like over half dead. <laughs> like, this is some bull. I was like, like, where did it go? Like, wh- now what do we do? Like, we were seriously having a moment. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, I don't know if what came of that, but it was definitely a period of time where I'm like, man, this is this sucks. <laughs> you need a hug. Uh, no, I don't. I'm not but, giving you one. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I know Carl will give you a hug. You know, I think, too, it's, somebody will say, well, well, how do you really know? And I live by this principle, and, and it's harsh for some people. And some people how will you know like, what, one of your, who you're yeah. six? Yeah. So here's what I found over the years, specifically in the role as pastor, CEO, manager. Meet. Uh, meet, right? <laughs> Is a mullet, and I, and I and 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 if you know me, you'll understand this: is that some people are not loyal to me; they're loyal to their need of me, and when their needs change, so do their loyalties. Hmm. And so, when you have relationships where, and I think I told you this, and I, and one of my early DMs that I sent you guys, I don't need nothing from you, and I don't want nothing from you. I'm looking for that good, solid relationship. And when you have those kind of people in your life, what you guys are saying, man, this sounds like a lot of work. And it sounds like a lot of work because most of us never think about who's going to carry me to my grave because we don't plan for death. No, I'm, I mean, it sounds like good work. It like, does. it's not like I'm not it's like getting I'm, busy I'm, living. Yeah, right. Like, I'm not scared by this. I, uh, this. Uh, scared, scared. I think I just had a stroke. Scared by this. I think it's a good um, target for people to think about. You know? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the big premise of the book is this. Spend, and we talk about get busy living, um, get busy being intentional, get busy and crushing it, is spend your life investing in the people who will lay you down, not let you down. Which means you got to have some guardrails. you got to have some boundaries. You've got to have some core principles that I call the will will eliminate some natural. But didn't you just say that some of these people will let you down? They will, because when then it's hard us, to know who you're going to invest in if are, you're thinking. Yeah. None of us are perfect, and that's where I think meat was onto it. That the serving element, right, um, it, it really makes the difference. You know, like for instance, what we've been doing in the gym. I mean, you can't pay me to do what I've done in this gym. This is a mental break for me and I'm jealous for it. And I want, 
I want it to be great. I see the potential of what this can be for our community. So for me to take my day off and come in and um, don't say <laughs> o- oil those rods, <laughs> thank you very po- much. Polish those poles or God, whatever, yeah. <laughs> uh, to help you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> to uh, I love to, how ready to. <laughs> Oh my gosh, there's a limit. He like, is probably one of the best pole shiners. Sean, oh. He really can. Lord. That, that three and one oil, man. Three no, and one oil. Nobody really well, it's handles it. because I like get you. tired of Douglas going, people are saying this thing sticks. And I'm just like, <laughs> like that's exactly how he talks. Yeah. People saying this thing sticks. sticks. <laughs> I don't talk anything like that. I don't talk anything like no, that. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a solutions guy, man. I mean, yeah. don't, don't, I'm a fixer, but that's my personality trait is to fix, make it better, find a solution. And so um, it's, it is work. And, uh, and, and sometimes, again, you can be fooled. You know, I've been fooled a couple of times. It cost me a lot of money. Uh, it's uh, hurt my feelings sometimes. But you just bounce back. And, um, you know, the, I think the thing about all but eight two is it really does teach you forgiveness. Yeah, it's key. And and you got a choice to either let bitterness um, isolate you, and and that's the course of the world in which we're in right now. Let me be a victim. Let me be bitter, and everybody owes me. And if you believe that, you're just a damned fool. That's not the way it works. Even if you have gone through tough, tough times, it doesn't mean you're a victim. It means you got a choice. Uh, you got a choice to make. Um, last time I checked, little yellow buses still go by everybody's house. You got a chance to get on a school bus. You got a chance to go get an education for free. You get a chance to get a job. At whatever level your lot of life is. I hear Carl over here. Preach on, preacher. Oh, uh, Carl's exactly. over here. I feel the heat coming yeah, over. There's like a stuff. megaphone inside my head I'm saying, trying to Amen, get him brother. Amen, <laughs> 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 oh, God, you nailed it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my management team? Come in here and sit down. <laughs> you know, or you could say, you know what? what uh, think about it this way. Geometry taught us what? Shortest distance between two points is a what? Straight line. Straight line. But what I've learned in life from where I am to where I want to be is not a straight line. It's more like a zigzag. And you always hear people say, well, I got to a point, and then they make a shift. And I got to a point, and then they make a shift. And some people, at their points, can't ever make decisions to get out of spin cycle. So they don't do a lot of progressing. And then there are others that have a six that will say, quit doing the what, – what is insanity? Uh, what's that definition, though? Doing the insanity. thing over and over. Expecting and different results. You know, that's part of your six, having guys in your life that will be like, if you do this again, there's no way in the world we can hang out anymore. Like, stop it. And they're pushing you forward, and then you begin to realize, I can't live isolated, and I can't think that I'm better than anybody else, and I can't live in my pride, which is just insecurity flipped upside down, right? If you're mm-hmm. insecure, you may come in the room pulling, you know, I'm insecure sitting next to Doug right now, these <laughs> humongous arms, right? Uh, but pride's just the flip. Pride says, I'm still insecure, but I'm so loud about it, you don't pay attention to my, my weaknesses. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it's a zigzag. And so, you know, we all walk with a limp. And so these six are not going to be perfect. You just try to eliminate, you try to be very functional, but none of them are going to be perfect. 
you know, as a pastor, I hear people talk about, well, I don't want to be a perfect church. I want, I want to be a New Testament church. And I'm like, well, which one? Because every one of them were jacked up. Yeah, right. And if it was a perfect church, they wouldn't let you in either. So, Touche. You know, so the idea is, like, build this com- camaraderie. Look who's around you. Who, for weird, maybe obvious reasons or, or weird reasons, are in your life. And can they be trusted? Do they have some of those core principles? Can they learn? Can they grow? Do they introduce themselves in a banana hammock? Do they, yeah. You can tell I mean, you, man. Listen. He hasn't forgotten it, ladies and gentlemen. First impressions. Oh, he made one. <laughs> he, he made That's one. That's a big Carl-ism right there. First What's that? Impression. First impressions. It's huge. Yeah. Let's make first impressions. You only get once. Yeah. Your banana hammock, banana hammock wasn't you huge. Don't do it, you know. It was, <laughs> it was covered, so you don't know if it was huge or not. <laughs> <laughs> So awesome. So yeah, and and here's the thing, um, you got to get to work on this. But ultimately, if you want these kind of people in your life, it means you got to be the guy. Mm-hmm. You can't. I can't expect them. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Bad company corrupts good manners. I, I propositional truth it like this: you tend to become the environment like the environment that surrounds you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. If I want these kind of men in my life, and if I want my wife and my children to love me this way, and I want to have a pastor or a spiritual coach, like expecting some pastor to chase you around all the time and manage your sin, you are <laughs> out of your mind. We ain't in middle school anymore. You're a grown adult, right? That means you got to do the investment, which means you got to be the guy. You got to be that guy that brings something to the table that says, hey, man, I'm willing to share this lot of my life with you, which you bring to the table. And ultimately, it's a reflection of who you are. When I hear people say, uh, man, I just don't have any friends, well, the Scripture says, he who has friends must show himself friendly. So if you're a jack wagon, it's going to be hard for you to have friends mm-hmm. unless you've got a bunch of other jack wagons around you and <laughs> none of you are going to be able to trust one right. another. So, well, that's good, man. So when's this out? Well, if I can finish these last three. Well, let's go. Get on, get, get on getting on. February 2022, <laughs> man. I'd love that was to a little Iredell County up in there. That was. was. Yeah, that February was 2022 like is when I'd like for this to be out. So where is this going to you going to go like Amazon route? What are you doing with this? Any like, which way yeah. I can provide Anybody? myself a retirement. We can do a release at the uh, Crush It Coliseum Grand Opening. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh. A- April 30th. We put it on the calendar. It's a date. Ooh, we put awesome. it on a cracker. Put that on a cracker. We're trying to get cracker here. Oh, yeah. Okay. We got to hit him up. Yeah, that's your job. You got share mullets. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we got to get him here for that. I need to DM him. Uh, get him here. Let's uh, get him. Done. All right. CODG, hey, Carl. Here's the last Carl, thing. Carl's, Carl's going to be like, Who, who's this still cracker guy? Here's here's the last thing. Can I, I like say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. So my boys, well, even my daughter, she loves Samantha. But <laughs> That sweatshirt is going to go. She'll never forget that oh, sweatshirt. Oh, she wears it like three times a week. And that's I'm like, great. Uh, have you watched that lately? <laughs> But being able to introduce my boys to you guys and watch them on their own, um, pay attention to your YouTube, you know, your training stuff, uh, other things that have been censored. Uh. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll be honest with you, though, you have, you've definitely pushed us to, uh, you know, clean up some of our, you know, language, which we want to do anyways. It's just, you know, naturally this turns into a, we, we recognize this this building can turn into a bit of a frat house. 
And uh, I'm guilty as the next one to oh, an egging it on, especially when we get in a room together. It can get pretty bad. Well, it started with the three of us, right? Like there was not that many people. Right. Involved. And so now, especially like we're, we have multiple women in here, uh, especially next week, we're starting somebody else. Uh, another young woman starts and it the, the dynamic changes and it's time for us to, you know, clean ourselves yeah crush it exactly exactly so like and now now that we know i mean we do have a lot of like there are a lot of people that watch these videos and stuff and so like you know i'm gonna drop a a little s bomb s f bomb like it's gonna happen confession time yeah i mean it's gonna happen right like we're all sinners it happens uh but i'm i'm conscious of it because you know also my boys right like my boys are gonna have to watch all this stuff just like uh, now it's your boys like are the age to watch this stuff but like and what I yep. mean by that is if if I drop dead this afternoon, my boys I know would feel comfortable coming here and talking to any of you. Um and and that's that means a lot for me mm-hmm. because my thought when I when I think about dying is uh who who would love my kids like I love them? Who would take time for them? Who would check up on them? You know, who would send them a birthday card? Who would show up at their wrestling matches? And um, and I think I have that in you guys. Mm-hmm. And and you know I got a middle son that is like a meat junior. And, and God and bless you, dude. He it's gonna be trouble. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Trouble. Like they're gonna be the. Can we bring him? I will shave his mullet. Bring him in here. I'll give him. A, I got his mullet started. I can get him. Get him right. Yeah, no, so I don't know if you're never gonna be for that. <laughs> no. so, so yeah. So I encourage you get to work all but eight. At some point in your life, you got to push every this body to the side and start intentionally investing in eight. Carl. I know we're we're running long here, but I know this is a podcast about the health of business and the business of health, and I've been taking some notes. And, oh no! Here we go! Here we go! Here we go! Can we get the B three Hammond organ in the back? <laughs> <laughs> Reverend Carl, spit the knowledge on us. So, um, so I know I've I've had some feedback uh, from management team and and from people that do watch this stuff on social media, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I a lot of this is resonating with me because I I'm 45 and uh, um as I have matured in life, uh, some of the things that really resonated from what you were saying, but also ties into what I feel is, is the foundations for business, um, is be yourself. Now, I talked for, or, you know, about my relationship with my, my previous bosses and my 13 years with one life, love them to death, hug them and high five them. But I could not be myself there. Mm. Um, he's like, I love them to death, but yeah, they suck. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> was, it started off as a gold's gym. I mean, gold's gym is founded by bodybuilding, you yeah. know, but I, you know, if I brought a trophy to work, you know, I carried my gallon jug. It's like, it's banana who <laughs> in the world is this guy, you know? And, uh, Carl, we, we still say that though. Yeah. Now, now you carry an iron. Yeah. Again, right. Iron, yeah. You know, but I mean, you let me touch your feet and I you know, know. <laughs> we can do it. I, this is a true know, story. And so it's, you can it's, definitely be yourself here. Right? I am totally myself here. You know, I, I freaking cried at meets and Sam's wedding. And I think we all did, bro. You know, it's just like, oh, it's like, it's, it's be yourself. And I have been rewarded beyond imagination with the circle that I do have. And I can't wait to see what that circle looks like in 20 years from now, you know? So mm. my advice to people that are working with others and, and want to start a business is whatever all that is, is if you can't be yourself, it's not going to work out. You're going to live a fake and phony life trying to appease other people. And it will get the best of you. It, it, you took 13 years, maybe it takes 50 and you've wasted your entire life being fake and phony for people that aren't going to be there for you, yeah. you know? 
That's good. Um, loyalty to a team and not the outcome. I've, I've told every single individual in the management team and people from the past, it's like, I want land. I want goats. I want company barbecue that, that, that where all of the kids are playing and I'm barbecuing goats. Nut uh, Nutland. Nut I'm going to be the sheriff. We've got tanks and Apache helicopters, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's the community that I describe, right? It's not my, this and my, that it's a community that would just knock my socks off in the future, you know? And it's, it, that is the outcome. That's what I'm loyal to, you know? And I know I can't get there unless I have this team. That's good. And it's people that I haven't even met yet. And I tell the team, like, there's a 13-year-old out there that in five years is going to join our team, you know? And, 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 you know, so you have no idea who you're going to meet. You know, I had no idea I was meeting Doug that day, you know? I had no idea when I, I met my wife, you know? Um, well, I love, I love the loyalty to the team because, right, like, at the end of the day, this, I love supplements. Like, I'm a supplement nerd. I'm a supplement junkie. I'm super passionate about supplements. We take the people out of it. I'm so passionate about supplements. I like I like supplements. But um, I d- would not enjoy this job if I didn't have this these people here. And so, like, uh, that's exactly right. It's important in anything that you do. Like, if you're not enjoying the people you're around, you re- like, your time on this earth is too short to be someplace where people are just miserable. So, like, it's, you, th- I mean, the money's a great a great thing, right? Like you can follow the money, but really if you follow the right people, I think your life will be way more rewarding. I mean, right now what's going on? I mean, we, we hear it all the time. It's like people have great paying jobs and they're absolutely miserable. You know, it's, it's your choice to sit there and have a job that, that is restricted by COVID. That, that, that is a choice that you choose to continue to live, but they talk about the, how miserable that is. Bro, you just got to, you got to, you just got to censor it on every platform. Okay. You said the C word. Oh. I, we were not going to say the C word on this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, we're um, banned from YouTube. Banned from so. So overall, it's 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 when you're going to build that business. You know, if you're building your 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 team, it's loyalty to the team, right? And yeah. it's first who, then what, right? Yeah. You know, who are the people that we're going to get us to where we want to go, and then we'll figure out where we're going. Figure it out. You know, so. So very much what you were saying resonates to business as well. Um, yeah, we always say hire the heart, you can get training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another aspect, and, you know, I've mentioned this in, in meetings, is in life you can, you can love people like this to protect your heart. Mm. And I don't want to get hurt, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you like this. I'm going to build a company like this. Or you can do it arms wide open. I take all of you, and I take all of your troubles and all your highs with you, and I'm going to get burnt some of the time, and those burns are super low. And then the highs are just high. You can't even you can't even fathom what the highs are going to be. Did you see that yeah. redneck high guy come <laughs> out? And uh, <laughs> but I mean, you got those people that have that that just standard cush nine to five job, and they never experience the highs. And they'll tell you, "I was like, well, hey, I don't have to worry about this." Well, well true, you, but you'll never experience that high of what it is to build a business, build a team, build a network of friends. Yeah. It, it hurts. When, when you crash and burn and you choose to love and live life this way, it does hurt, you know. But the highs, you just, the highs are great. You're never going to experience it any other way. And, you know, and last but not least is, you know, um, when you're 20 years old, you've lived three-fourths of your life as a child. You know, and most mm-hmm. of 20 years old have lived 100% of their life as a child, you know, living at home with mama. And uh, so who is your circle, is it, is it an echo chamber of a bunch of 20-year-olds who have 20 years of perspective on this planet? Or are you con- confiding in individuals who have 
maybe 40 years old, you know, who've lived half of their life, at least, at least as an adult. And then for me, 40 years old, well, do I talk to people who are 60 and 70 years old, get perspective oh, yeah. from that angle, you know? Um, so I think that that's great within, you're talking about business as well, is it's, you need to talk to people who have been in business, who have done what you are trying to do, to not do exactly what they're doing, but to look at some of the things that did work and didn't work. And that's part of what this whole podcast is about, is sharing what we've learned in our eight years. Man, Carl, you did just a great job, bro. You did such a good job. You tied it all together. Man, you what are you drinking over there, dude? Boom! Man, that was some deep stuff. That was great. That's awesome. Meet, do you have anything else to add to that? No, I'm late to my next meeting. I guess. <laughs> He's on, Poor bro, Meat. bro, Meat's already stressed. I, I just see I the smoke. I can see. Uh, like I saw the counter. Like I've been uh, blocked from the counter the whole time. And I looked up, and then I saw his brow, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's like this, and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I mean, what, what happens if we just got, like, a pet hamster here, and you just from time to time, you just film the hamster doing crazy stuff, and we can just put that into you know, some of the commercials. I killed that, a that, hamster that, once. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I, Matt, uh, I don't want to take responsibility. Pat's hamster's got those chubby legs and that they, they rub together when they get going and they that smoke. Start a fire. That smoke is going on. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it. Do you have anything else to add, Brian? Thanks Brother, for, thank you so much. Yeah, thank Grateful you for, for this. Uh, please take time. There you go. To uh, check these guys out, follow their stuff. Look for the book, early 2022. February 2022. Amen. A April book, April 30th. Book, book signing at... Uh, Crush Coliseum Grand Opening, April 30th. Love it. All right, guys. That's it for this episode. Till next time, keep crushing it.